start my hearing from the beginning, mm -hmm. back when everything started in Afghanistan, the Taliban. What do you remember about that time when mm -hmm. the Taliban came in and took mm -hmm. over? Just start there for me. Okay. Uh, I remember like yesterday, it was the um, uh, first week of August 2021. The situation uh, overall was not normal uh, across the country. And every week, every day, uh, Taliban captured more lands, uh, more areas. And uh, not only me, everybody was concerned about the situation. And uh, uh, approaching August 15, the uh, uh, Taliban capturing more areas uh, became very uh, accelerated, very fast. And they captured like two, three provinces every day. And I remember two days before the fallout, it was, uh, the situation was not normal even in Kabul city. People were, people was very concerned, everybody. And on Friday, it's a holiday in Afghanistan. It was very quiet. On Saturday, one day before the collapse, uh, the city was so crowded, people wanted to go to the banks and they wanted all their money uh, withdrawn and banks were so crowded and I never expected this to happen uh, and uh, I never had cash at home so I also went to make sure that if something goes wrong I, I should have some cash with me and when I uh, arrived at the bank, uh, they ran out of, out of cash. There was no money in the bank on Saturday. And the next day, on Sunday, things became worse. And um, by 10 a.m. in the morning, people were escaping from the city. The roads were jammed and uh, the banks closed. Uh, again, I wanted to go to the bank, but uh, I was not successful. The ATMs were out of cash. Uh, and uh, there was a rumor uh, everywhere that Taliban is, uh, they have entered the Kabul city. On, on the, this is the 15th uh, August. So, uh, and everybody was so scared. And uh, in the afternoon, the government, uh, before hearing the news about president escaping from the country, before that, the government, uh, through the social media, announced that everything is normal. Rewinding, um, you said the ATMs were out of cash. Yeah. So. Uh, just before announcing officially that we no longer have a president and he has escaped the country, 
the government announced through the social media that everything is okay, Taliban will not enter the city. And nobody uh, uh, had nobody had any trust anymore. I, I did not trust the, the government anymore. But in the afternoon, same day, uh, we came to know through the media, Afghan media, that the president has escaped and he is no longer in the country. And uh, the Taliban is around the city and they announced this is a time of chaos in the city. No police, no army, nothing. Just people going around here and there. People want to escape. So, was, was it like chaotic? Very chaotic, yeah. In the airport, it was so chaotic at that time because all the government officials, they knew already what's going on. They were in the airport, a lot of them. And the roads to the airport were jammed that day. Thousands of people, uh, government officials. And uh, in, the after, in the evening, Taliban announced that because there is no government, no police, it's a, uh, no rule of law, nothing. And to protect the people and property, government properties, they are entering the city. And they did that. In the evening, they entered the city, and it was officially their government. Uh, the for it was called former government. Now there was uh, everything. Uh, everything was lost, and they entered the city. That night was very difficult for everybody, and nobody felt safe. Nobody. And I was watching them through my apartment window. They were on their cars, roaming around the city. It was, it was a difficult time. And next day, uh, same situation. Uh, now the shops are closed, the markets are closed and banks are closed, everything is closed. People stayed at home, everybody. And everybody is scared. That's what was going through your mind for your family? Because I know you have to think about your kids, your wife's pregnant. What was going through your head when the Taliban came in? It was a very difficult situation. Luckily, I had my parents at home. They, they came from my hometown and I was living in Kabul city. They were with me and I had no sleep all night. I, could, I couldn't sleep for 15 days almost. I was up every night and only during the day uh, it was very difficult. What were you thinking about when you were... And I was, I was thinking that anything could happen, anything. And I was ready to just protect my family. And if something happened to me, it should be only me, not everybody. Because Taliban, they do terrible things to everybody. They don't care about your family, your children. And 
Nobody, literally nobody. So I was prepared for any kind of sacrifice, you know, to protect my family. Did you see them doing those terrible things to other families? I, everybody has seen it. On the, there are a lot of clips, uh, videos, and uh, uh, on the news all the time, not, not recently, for 20 years. I never, I never went out of my home. I stayed at home all the time. I was never out. And I, I heard that what, what they are doing uh, in the city. They were searching some homes and there was a lot of things going on. A lot of, some of them rumors, some of them were actually happening. But there was no way to prove what's going on. And it's still like that. You cannot prove what's going on. You see in the social media terrible things happening. And sometimes you see the proof of terrible things happening. But on the other hand, they announce that no, everything is fine. Nothing is, nothing is wrong. Because now, even the social media and the media, it's not free now, it's controlled by them. So it was a, a very tough situation and uh, the evacuation started, I don't remember exactly when, but it, it had already started because the day uh, on the 15th, a lot of government officials, they could make it out of the country. And after that, it was all embassies, they closed and they evacuated their staff. And I received an email from my office that uh, we are included, I am included in the evacuation plan, but it's not clear when. It's, uh, uh, they will inform me, they said, but you have to wait at home. And I was just... What were you doing that you were included in the evacuation? What was your profession? I was a project development specialist. And um, I worked with USAID. And if you work for US military, US government, and like USAID or US embassy in Kabul, you are a direct target. And... Uh, that's what everybody, my colleagues, everybody was so concerned. And uh, I, I can think that, I can uh, understand that everybody was like, had same feeling to protect their families. And everybody was like, now they can do anything to you. They are there, already there. And uh, so since they had you on that list of people who were eligible to be evacuated, you're saying it was still not guaranteed. You didn't know who would Yes. Out. And it was like two weeks. I waited. Everybody else, my colleagues, my uh, co-workers, we waited for two weeks. And we were waiting for an email from the embassy. To you said that's why you were staying yes. up for two weeks straight too, because you were just waiting on that Yes, email. because... It was literally not possible to go with children, with women, to the airport. It was not possible. Thousands of people, 
they were gathered outside the gates and it was literally impossible to get inside the airport and after a week we got an email to come to the airport some of my colleagues they tried to go inside the airport but their children almost died that day it, there was a stampede and there was literally no oxygen in the crowd and there was there were firing everywhere and Taliban uh, tortured people on the way at the airport they, they, they shoot it at people so everything was chaotic and I said I'm not going to the airport with my children I cannot take that risk and we requested for a, a more support from our office to provide like um, a, a bus or a car and uh, escort us to the airport safely and that was our request we said it we are not going to make it unless you provide us the facility uh, and it took like 10 days almost 10 days for them for the office to arrange buses and i was for these for this for these 10 days like me everybody nobody had sleep we were all awake all the time and waiting for a message and they said that you will be notified in a short notice like two hours one hour to uh, come to a place um, far from the airport so that a bus can take you to the airport and in August 27 uh, we received that message and so from the time you got on the list saying you were eligible to be evacuated to August 27 that was two weeks waiting right? yeah yeah so and then on August 27 on from we left I, I with my uh, wife and children left my home at six o'clock in the morning and I was not sure what will happen on the way to the airport and when we arrived at the airport it was 2 p.m. and it's only 15 minutes it's a very short distance but it took like it took you from 6 a.m. to, to 2, 2 p.m. to get to the airport and it was on the 15th on the 27th August. why why did it take so long because it was not safe it was so crowded and the bus stopped at every checkpoint until we entered it was like when we processed for the flight and we arrived at the terminal by 5 p.m. and our flight was like in the 6 p.m. in the evening so it took us 12 hours to uh, get into the plane and then after that um, I, I felt safe after when when I was inside the airport and that was after like more than 15 days that I felt now I'm safe and you, you and your family first of all your wife is pregnant so I know going through your head it's how to protect her, how to protect your other kids. But were you guys able to leave with anything? 
Uh, just one day before uh, our flight, on the 26th, there were two or three explosions outside the airport. And that deteriorated the situation further. And when we arrived at the airport, we were not inside the terminal yet. Outside the gates, we left everything behind. Our bags, our clothes, everything. And um, the security forces said that you cannot take any bags with you, only necessary items like my laptop, my phone, and uh, one piece of clothes that I was wearing, that's it. And we left everything behind. We came after like 10 hours of flight. We landed in Germany on the 28th with nothing. Only my laptop, phone, that's it. And it was uh, a long trip from Kabul. We had one uh, break uh, to refuel. Uh, and then again, it, it took like, we landed in Germany in, at 5 a.m. the next day. And uh, that was the beginning of a very hard journey, very hard trip. And in Germany, we were like, uh, uh, like 45 days, we stayed in Germany inside the base with little uh, uh, facilities, little accommodation. Limit, everything was so limited because Everybody was overwhelmed with thousands and thousands of people in Germany. And uh, we were there like uh, 45 days and we had no clothing. It was just days and nights we were hoping for, for better days and uh, for the hope that it will get better. Why was it so hard in Germany? It was so hard. In the night it was so cold. In the day it was so hot with little food and you know for like 14,000 people in a base uh, nobody was able to uh, provide what we needed and uh, it was just uh, spending uh, the days counting the days for for better and especially when somebody is required special treatment, special care, like if somebody is pregnant. And uh, there was no medicine at the beginning. Anybody who got sick, you, you would have to wait for days. I was like, uh, had a strep, uh, sore throat, and uh, I waited for a week without the medicine, and I was not able to eat anything because it was so painful and uh, luckily I found some uh, medicine with me and, and that was the only other thing that I got from Kabul. When we left everything behind, I got um, some medicine with me and, that, and I needed that in Germany. But later on in Germany also things uh, changed uh, for positive. After 25 days, we were 
first like we spent three days in a tent it was so cold there and uh, very limited uh, uh, things and after 25 days um, we had actually a bed to sleep on there there was no bed before that so your wife she was pregnant, she was sleeping on the floor. On the floor. You guys were all sleeping on the floor. Yeah, everybody on the floor. And after some time we got a cot. So she, she was sleeping, everybody was sleeping on the cot. And after 25 days we got a bed. And everybody is, was trying to improve the situation. But it was hard because there were so many people. And we were in a big hangar. A thousand people in one hangar. And then from there, we moved to a better place. And so when you guys, I'm sorry, when you guys got the bed, was that one bed that you guys were all sharing? No, every, everybody oh, got a bed. bed. Yeah. Okay, and before yeah. it was just a cot that you guys had on board. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So after like almost 45 days, uh, the flight was ready for the US and uh, when I when we arrived in you in the US it was October 11 and we landed in Philadelphia uh, airport uh, after the same night we uh, we transported to uh, uh, Fort Dex in New Jersey and there everything was better, much better. When I compared with the Germany, it was much better. Everything, we had enough food, we had a defect. And we had a room actually, after a few days, we got a room, our privacy, everything. So each day everything became, became better. And that's, Philly is where your wife gave birth, right? Philadelphia. Yes, and, and that was like uh, on October 22nd, um, uh, our daughter uh, was born and at that time we got a room and uh, it was much better. We felt comfortable at that time. And we spent like another 40-45 days in the base in New Jersey. And after that, uh, we arrived on December 17th in Savannah and as, as I said every day things became better and luckily I had uh, uh, the opportunity to stay in Wesley Gardens for almost a month and I became familiar with a lot of friends they were very supportive and uh, there uh, we also uh, received support from inspirators who's uh, working with all the immigrants uh, for their resettlement and uh, then after that we had to move to a hotel and uh, we stayed for like f two weeks in a hotel room and then uh, on uh, this on January, uh, now on December uh, 27, uh, we arrived uh, and we moved into our new apartment in Savannah.
So December 17th is when you arrive in Savannah, right? 2021, yes. So you were there for just a couple weeks before you moved into your apartment, right? Uh, Cause you moved here it was uh, December 27th, uh, no, December 17th. That's when you yes. back to Savannah. Back to Savannah. Okay. And then on January 27th. I'm hearing music. Okay. Hey, baby doll, can you turn that off? I don't want to move. I'm going to hand it off. Gulko bachema mura. Mora bugubyo. Ala, gulko. Thank you. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 27th is when you guys got the apartment, right? Yes, 27th January. And we have been here for a week now. And uh, we... Uh, What's Feb it's February now, so have you... Yeah. Okay. So it's like a week okay. that we have been here. Okay. Almost a week. Okay. Yeah. So you got the apartment 27th December? January. Oh, okay. That's what I thought you said. December. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, that's not a week. That's like yeah. Yeah, it was January 2022. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, what is the transition been like so far? Um, your kids started school. They had their first day. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your baby girl is here. What, what has the uh, for what we will get at the end and it was hard it was difficult but uh, now uh, everything is moving along uh, my kids are going to school for the first time for the first time ever, ever. <laughs> yes and uh, I have a job offer and I'm waiting for my work permit to to come and I'll be able to start working and I had the opportunity to meet a lot of wonderful friends here. They have been very supportive. Uh, so it's now it feels like I'm home. It's wonderful. And um, how does it feel to now for your kids to, to be starting school, starting a whole different chapter of life, but also just reflecting on the fact that you guys made it out? That's what made me optimistic all the time because uh, when I think about my childhood, my father always said that things will get better in Afghanistan, but that never happened. And that's what his father told to him, that wait, things will change for better, but it did not happen. And I did, want, I did not want to give the, the same hope for my children. And one day they will say, oh, Father, nothing happened the way you told me, you told us. And I wanted a better life for them. At least uh, if it's not for me, my children will have the exposure, the opportunities that I never had when I was a child. And uh, that's what gives me hope. And I'm very uh, hopeful for their future. And it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to see them learning new things. 
uh, learning uh, a new language, new culture, and uh, getting education. Um, uh, my wife will start her English class in February. And that's one, another wonderful news. So, um, uh, it's a fresh start. Yeah, it's a fresh start, absolutely. So, we left everything behind. Our home, our car, our parents, siblings, everybody we left behind. And we started from scratch, from zero. And I'm sure that we'll build it here, together with a lot of wonderful friends. So what were the conversations? Did, did the kids ever say, like, what's going on? Like, did they question anything or ask you anything that you had to explain? What, what was yeah, they had, they had a lot of questions. In Afghanistan, they asked, uh, I never told them where, where are we going because I was scared. On the way, somebody asked them and they say that we are going to the U.S. It will be a tough situation, very risky. And I said we are going to our hometown. And once we were out of the country, I told them that we are going to the U.S. And they were so excited. And when we landed in Germany, they said, uh, we want to go back home. We don't want to be here. Is it U.S.? I said, no, this is not. But we will go, wait. And they have been asking uh, if, if this is like, uh, uh, if this is what you want to, to give us, uh, we, we, we want to go home back. It was difficult for them. But later on, um, in, in New Jersey, they, uh, they asked more questions. When we landed in, in the U.S., they said, is, is it U.S.? I said, yes. And they said, then when are we going to our own home? I said, oh, just, just wait, we will go to our own home. And they have been asking different questions. Sometimes I was not able to uh, provide a good answer to them. But your parents, yeah. were they not able to get out? No, uh, they're uh, still in the country. And like me, a lot of other people, uh, it's not literally possible for everybody, but the situation is like that, that everybody wants to get out of the country. How did it feel to have to leave them behind? It was dif a difficult day. Everybody was crying that day. Even for me, I was hopeful for the future, but it's never easy to leave everybody behind. Your home, your parents, siblings, and you never, you never know when you will meet them again. Have you been able to talk to them? Yeah, luckily I have been able to talk to them. Uh, but um, I'm always concerned for their safety. What are they saying about what's still going on back there? It's horrible. Things are very difficult. People are living under poverty. Literally, 99% of the population, they have no food to eat, no water, no blanket. It's, it's very cold winter this year. And uh, people are on the street without food, bare hands, barefoot. It's a very difficult situation. So there is still a crisis in Afghanistan? There is still. There is no security there. 
there are explosions even today. And uh, the, the worst thing is that poverty is killing people. And it's, Afghanistan has never experienced such a poverty rate in the past, never. But now it is more than 99%. So uh, nobody has a job. Nobody is working. And the government is not able to pay even the salary, the base salary, the basic salary that people had before. So L how are they surviving? That's what I'm wondering. Like for, for people who can't work, for people who are just getting by with whatever they have, how your family, your friends, how are they surviving right now? People who has, uh, those who have a relative outside, abroad, they help them. They send money. People who don't, they sleep with a hungry stomach, with empty stomach, for days. People actually died out of hunger. They don't have anything to eat. And some UN agencies uh, are working to help them. But it's not enough because it's very difficult. So have you had to send stuff back to your family? Uh, sorry? Have you had to send, you said if you have family outside of Afghanistan, yeah. have you guys been Yeah, I, I was talking with my brother and he said that whatever I had left behind, it's finished. I left something for them. Now they, they have nothing to eat and uh, I tried to send them money. But it was also difficult for me because I still need to start working. I don't have my work authorization or work permit now. Uh, I have a lot of limitations, but that's what uh, a lot of Afghans will do. They have to help their family back home because they have no any other option. They cannot work and uh, borders are closed. They cannot even get out of the country. Some of them, they don't have passports. And my story is not unique. There are thousands of people with similar stories. Uh, people who lost everything. And um, they are working hard here to help themselves and help their families back home. And what's uh, very painful uh, is that you cannot really do much. There's always limitations. And uh, a lot of people, they are more concerned about dying out of hunger, not from insecurity now. So people are dying either by insecurity or by hunger. So that's the situation in the country now. So how does it feel to be able to start this new life, this new chapter for your family? It is difficult, but there, are, there is always hope. Uh, I have been always optimistic. I have been always uh, thinking that things will change. This will not last for long. Eventually, things will change. But in the short term, there is a price for everything. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the people, they are paying the cost. But those who, uh, who like ruled Afghanistan, uh, they have power 
they had uh, they were corrupt they did corruption and uh, they built castles uh, abroad they are not paying the cost and they are living uh, in luxury outside of Afghanistan so that's the 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 sad part of the of the situation now well, one day you'll be able to explain this to your kids um, what exactly happened it's it's difficult they they have been asking about now even my kids when they want to um warn somebody they will tell them the taliban will come you know because that's the image that's the picture the taliban has in everybody's mind so it will be difficult but i hope one day things change for better and uh, people uh, they are they have the power and uh, we have a government at least that's responsible for for what's going on uh, something that uh, we never had in the past 20 years that was a golden period for afghanistan 20 years of investment in the country international presence in the country but everything vanished overnight destroy everything Any, anything else about your time here, your experience that I haven't asked you that you want to share? Anything you want people to know? Uh, well, uh, I'm grateful for what people are doing here. They have been very kind to us, to everybody here. They have been uh, supporting and helping the newcomers in Savannah. Um, they are uh, making awareness through their communities. They are uh, collecting donations uh, for these uh, families, and uh, uh, that's wonderful. And What's been the hardest part for you, for your family? The hardest part when my wife was pregnant, and I never knew what will happen next because we didn't have uh, uh, a doctor, uh, medicine, uh, nothing. And traveling with a pregnant woman is not uh, easy. And in that kind of a situation where you have to travel in, an, in a military airplane for 10 hours sitting on the floor, with 400 people and there is only one bathroom so every every minute every minute there was a challenge there was a difficulty um, it was hard all the time in the past five months every moment was hard but what was good about it is that it it got better each day and that's, uh, that's what kept me uh, positive, my moral high. And that's what I'm uh, thinking about today. Uh, I have a job. I have a home. I have new friends. So that's, that's wonderful. And uh, 
I never think about, I, I don't forget what happened, but I always think about the future. Uh, and what is in the future is wonderful and it keeps me motivated. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.